In today's show, I'm taking a look at what I'm looking for in Sunday's NBA games. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Let's look ahead to Sunday's action in the NBA and what I'm looking for in these games. The first one, the DeAndre Jordan Bowl early game. Don't forget to get your lineup set. The Clippers and the Knicks. I want to watch Kawhi's assists because he has been really handling the ball quite a bit. Uh, Him and Paul George have been the primary initiators most games. Patrick Beverly, the point guard, but not getting many touches in that regard. So it'll be different with Reggie Jackson in there, but let's see how Kawhi's assists looks. And I also want to pay attention to Nick Batum, who's been amazingly a top 100 player this year. It does vary quite a bit. It does swing, and it is mainly in the smaller volume stats that his value is. But let's see how he looks. Can he continue to provide that value? For the Knicks, Emmanuel quickly has been playing at a pretty high level. Now he is, of course. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. But the minutes have been up. Peyton's minutes have been down. Uh, Tom Thibodeau is a stubborn asshole, so it's unlikely he's ever going to start him. And does that put a cap on what he does minutes-wise? Will he ever get to 30? I'm not sure. You take a flyer on him, as I've said about five times this year, and then, of course, he plays five minutes and has uh, two points. Let's see what he can do. Let's see if he can string together four consecutive really solid games and keep that shooting at a high level. I worry about his overall upside because he doesn't do much peripherally, but let's see what he can do. And then Julius Randle's field goal percentage. It has been coming down a little bit of late. We've seen the efficiency drop off, and some of his early top 20 numbers uh, aren't necessarily the case anymore for Julius. So that that is worth watching with his efficiency falling off a little bit at at the present time. The next game... It is the Donovan Mitchell Bowl, the Jazz and the Nuggets. Why is it the Donovan Mitchell Bowl? Because the Nuggets drafted Donovan Mitchell and they traded him to the Jazz for Tyler Lydon and Trey Lyles. Let's pay attention to Boyan Bogdanovic for the Jazz, who has been terrible for the vast majority of this season, but he was really good last game. The Jazz, guys, the Jazz are the best team in the NBA at the moment. They are just crushing. I think they've won 10 in a row and nine of those 10 have been by double digits. It might even be 11 in a row. They are destroying teams. And Bogdanovich has been playing terribly. Although against Dallas, he was really good. So which Bogdanovich are we getting? I want to see not just if he can hit shots, because he can hit 80% of shots one game and then 30% for four or five games. But what else does he do? Can he give us five rebounds? Three assists? A steal? That's what he needs to be a consistent contributor. And then Royce O'Neal. The Jazz have got one of the best streaming schedules for next week. So I want O'Neal to be able to provide rebounds, to hit some threes, to get some steals, and show that he is worthy of being a stream option on those three days. We also want to watch uh, Jordy Clarkson, Joe Ingles, but they're the two guys I'm paying attention to. For the Nuggets, the headmaster, Jamal Murray, who played well last game, but has been struggling for big chunks of this season. Can he get his assist rate up? But more importantly, can he just be more efficient? It's been a real problem for him. His elbow's been rooted for majority of this season. Let's see whether he can look at least... He's never going to look like Bubble Murray. That's just not going to happen. Much like we're not going to see Bubble Mitchell or we're not going to see um, yeah, Bubble TJ Warren. Those players aren't real. They don't exist. 
So Murray just needs to get back to a level that he was last season. And then Michael Porter, what will the doctor Michael Malone do? Um, the frustration from this bloke is continual. Porter is—he's uh, got issues. There's, there's no doubt about that. But he is a guy that is significantly better than Will Barton and should be playing 30 a night, not these 19-minute performances that we got from him last game. Let's see if there's any reason for Malone to be doing that outside of he's just Michael Malone. Uh, if there's a real problem with Porter's defense or if Barton's outplaying him, of course that's a lie. But let's see what's going on with Mick in this game and see how it looks. The Sixers and the Pacers, the Timothy John McConnell Bowl. Seth Curry has been a little bit down since returning from COVID. And yeah, we want him to be yeah, back at his best because he was top 100 comfortably before that injury slash illness. It was ankle injury and COVID that set him back. So can he get back to that level? We're still holding him. And then Matisse Thibel, he's taking away Tyrese Maxey's minutes. Will they play Thibel when prison Mike Scott returns? That's another question we don't know. But Thibel, you know, especially on a Sunday, is an option to look at for blocks and steals because if he's getting time in games, he will produce those stats. For the Pacers, Jeremy Lamb has been a little bit up and down. The shooting numbers are something to pay attention to, but let's just see what his minutes look like. He'll start again. How much usage does he get? There's an opportunity here for him. While Miles Turner, it's time to focus on him because the blocks are unbelievable. They are crazy. He's had big block seasons before, nothing like this. At some point, you just fear that they are going to drop, but I want to see why they're not dropping. Is it just because he's playing way more minutes? There's got to be more to it, though, than that with Turner's block. So let's have a look to see what his uh, shot blocking numbers look like. The Magic and the Raptors, the Surge Ibaka Bowl. Terrence Ross is one of these blokes. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. He's wildly inconsistent, but he scores, he hits threes, he gets steals. Um, he's pretty good at free throws most of the time. He does deserve a 12-team roster spot in most cases, but he's worth paying attention to. And then Cole Anthony. I've really liked the improvement we've seen from Cole. I think he is still worth a 12. Look, I would rather have him than Emmanuel quickly at this point, um, especially in, in a points league. I, I do like what, uh, what Cole Anthony does. And I want to see how more in control he looks, especially you know, given the struggles Aaron Gordon's had over the last couple of games. And for the Raptors, the number one thing, probably the number one thing I want to look at on the entirety of Sunday's games is the wiki Chris Boucher. What is Nurse going to do with his playing time? How will uh, Boucher match up against Nikola Vucevic, one of the most dominant centers at the moment in the NBA? You know, now about Boucher, you know, people criticize me and I get criticism all the time and that's fine. Oh, Josh Lloyd was... And this, the weird one is, man, Josh Lloyd turned me on to Boucher, said to take him late in the draft and see how it went. Man, Josh Lloyd was so off on Boucher. He had him ranked like 95th. That's so way off. He didn't know what he was talking about. He was saying Nurse didn't trust him and he wouldn't play. Um, uh, you're right. I, on both those things, I did tell you to pick him in the later rounds and it was a great option. I also said I didn't trust Nick Nurse, which looks stupid. Now... I don't think it looks that stupid. Nurse does not trust him consistently. And this is the problem we saw with him and all the free Chris Boucher bullshit we saw last year. And these were the worries that I had with him coming into the season. I want to see if they will just play him 28 to 30 minutes each night. And evidence says they will not. And that is reducing the value. How does he look in a Vooch matchup? It is a big key. And then Pascal Siakam, who, again, I was yeah, further down on than a lot of people... Um, and he's struggling. The NBA, yeah, they figured him out. It feels a little bit that way. His defensive numbers have come way down. His efficiency is not there. He's just not the same player that we saw at the beginning of last season. And let's not forget something. He wasn't the same player at the end of last season that he was at the beginning of last season. But the Raptors being stationed in Tampa have, has impacted him. Playing in the bubble impacted him. So while I'm saying, oh, he's not that good anymore, he's not as good anymore, 
If you're in a dynasty format, I think Siakam's a real buy low because I think getting back to Toronto will actually help his game. But he's struggling in these road environments and that's totally fine and totally understandable. The Nets and the Wizards, the Garrett Temple Bowl. DeAndre Jordan, he is like 84% from the field. It's a phenomenal number. There's almost no way it sticks. Every shot he is taking is at the rim. I think he's missed 11 shots, 55 of 66 from the rim this season, according to Clean the Glass. Like, they are insane numbers. He's been like a 68, 69... Giggity! ...percent guy from the rim for the last couple of seasons. He, at his peak, he was 74. But he's 84. Look, nobody is 84. So if that number comes down and his minutes stay at 20, he's not a 12-team league guy. And then <clears throat> I want to look at Jeff Green. My name is Jeff. Who's shooting also, like 65 or 66% from two. Some insane number. He's coming off the bench. He's providing like 14-team league value. What's his role going to be? I imagine it's relatively consistent, but why are his two-pointers so high? For the Wizards, Denny Avdia should be returning, so what can he do? I am not keen on him as a 12-team league player, but a 14-16 to 16 teamer, Avdia is someone to take a look at. Let's see how he looks in his first game back. And then Robin Lopez, but mainly looking at the center position as a whole. The Wizards did release Jordan Bell today, so we're down to Wagner, Lopez, and Alex Len. You could easily convince me that Len's the best center out of that group. I think in equal minutes, Len is a much better fantasy player than Robin Lopez. Lopez is going to need 36 minutes to me to be a 12-team must-roster guy, and he's not getting that. He's a drop to me in 12s, and I want to see how the minutes look with him and Len and Wagner. Wagner by far the best on a per-minute basis. How that all looks and uh, what sort of leagues we're targeting Lopez in. <clears throat> the Cavs and the Wolves. The Anthony Bennett Bowl. Andre Drummond, will he continue to have an insane usage with a terribly low field goal percentage? Maybe. More importantly, the minutes. 24-24 for him and Allen last game. It was a bit of a blowout. But even in that blowout, Sexton played 35 minutes and Garland played 31 minutes. So it wasn't just the blowout that limited Drummond's minutes. There are a lot of Andre Drummond stands out there. Josh, how can you be so against him? He's a defensive anchor. He's um, you know, the only reason they're playing this well. Uh, I don't believe any of that's true. I don't believe he's a defensive anchor. I, look, I will say one thing. He's very good at getting steals. He's great at playing passing lengths. He's very good at that. And he is a master rebounder. He's a horrendous offensive decision maker. He is not a good defender as a whole. And he's not a good rim protector. <clears throat> I would just be starting Allen. Screw politics. Like, screw this shit. Like, I'd just start Allen, play him 28 minutes and put Drummond in a role where if he gets 40% usage playing 20 minutes a night, it's not as laughable as it is when he's playing 30 minutes and having a 47% usage in a starting lineup, which is an absolute joke. I want to watch Dylan Windler as well. I really like what I've seen. Now, the path to minutes with Prince, Osman, Nance, Love returning, it's tough. But Prince isn't the future. Love surely isn't the future. To be honest, Nance is in the future. For as good as he is and for as much as important as he is to the Cleveland team and the Cleveland area, and he is massively important. He is the face of this franchise. He won't be for long, Sexton will be, but he is the he is Cleveland at this point. But he's not the future of that power forward position. It might be Winler. I want to watch him and just to keep an eye for dynasties. And then the Wolves, they benched Jared Vanderbilt last game. Um if Towns is back, if Wancho is back, um, where what's his role? Now, he still played 25 minutes or so coming off the bench. So, um, yeah, that's what we want to have a look at to see what his role is going to be. And if he plays 20 minutes a night coming off the bench, um, or Towns, sorry, Towns and Wancho out, let's see what that role is for uh, Vanderbilt. But <clears throat> when you're dealing with one of the worst coaches in the NBA, you worry about what they're going to do in terms of... Um, 
in terms of playing time for him and where it all uh, where it all fits in, unfortunately. So that that is definitely a concern. And then Anthony Edwards started the last game. He scores, he scores fine. And there probably isn't a higher upside player on your wire. So if you want to grab him, by all means. But you know you're going to have issues with field goal percentage. You're going to have an issue with lack of defensive numbers. All that stuff is going to be an issue with Anthony Edwards. Let's look at streams now. We're talking about Royce O'Neal, TJ McConnell, Gaz Harris. Nice, Gary! Terrence Davis in Toronto. And Lord Alfred Payton, who's been dropped in enough leagues where he is actually a stream opportunity player for Sunday. Guys, that will do it for me. I'll be back tomorrow with a waiver wire show, with a pregame show, with a what to watch for show, and a recap show. And I'll be recording Locked On NBA, and I'll be doing a DraftKings show for Al Zidenfels channel. So lots of shit coming tomorrow. Guys, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, thumbs up. Check out the shows right across the Locked On Podcast Network, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.